Well, it's a joy to be with you at the beginning of this week here on this Monday. And it is a wonderful blessing to know as we go into this year, God is on our side. And God is able to do anything. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 is such an encouragement. The Apostle Paul was in a Greek-Roman culture there at Corinth and Ephesus, the different places that he ministered. And, and frankly, if we had been in that setting, it would be very overpowering to us. We feel that way right now. We have an increasingly humanistic culture. It's becoming more aggressive. We're seeing it not only in America, we're seeing it worldwide. But that's exactly the way it was for Paul. It was a worldwide Roman Empire. And there was more wickedness than we even know. I mean, it was just pure, ungodly paganism. And instead of allowing himself to be intimidated, he understood the greatness of his God. And in verse 25, we read of chapter 1, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Now, he's just using contrast here. There is no foolishness of God, but what we might even consider that is, is wiser than anything that man has ever come up with. And the weakness of God, which he has none, is stronger than our greatest strength. The point is, in contrast, God's wisdom and God's power is far greater than anything that is in our culture today. You look at some of the overpowering intellectuals that try to convince of really uh, you know, anti-God, uh, just really unbelievable type of... Uh, of philosophies, and as you see them influencing and persuading people, we need to realize that when God cuts through with his wisdom, he immediately melts that wisdom, quote-unquote, of mankind into foolishness. And when man shakes his fist at God, there'll be times even now where God overcomes that. He works and puts one king up and puts another one down, but oh, when he begins to show his power, uh, the entire world will fall on their face before God. So it's important for us to keep things in the proportion. Yes, the kingdom of Satan is very strong in our humanity. We look at that and it's, it's big. But when we think of the fact we're indwelt by the Spirit of God and we're part of the spiritual kingdom of God, well, God is in heaven far above all principality, power, might, and dominion. He's won the victory. He has the authority. And we need to understand that God is not thrown by anything and that we must look to him and to his word and understand what we have and not let ourselves be intimidated in any way. And I'm really stirred about that because I see churches capitulating to culture. I see colleges capitulating to culture, Christian organizations capitulating to culture because of the pressure that they feel. My friends, let's don't feel the pressure of culture. Let's sense the influence of God. Let's care to glorify him and please him more than anything else. And when we do, we'll see that God is indeed overall. 
I'm so thankful to have this opportunity. It's a real privilege to be with you here today on this Thursday. And today, I'd like to go back to the subject that we started the week with, and that is the fact that all of us are put into the ministry. There are some that have leadership gifts, like myself. God chose to give me that. And there are other kinds of gifts, but they're all for the edifying of the church. They are all for the furthering of the ministry. We talked about that. And we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, that is a clarifying section of Scripture on spiritual gifts. We read um, in verse 12, Even so ye, forasmuch as ye are zealous of spirituality, spiritual gifts, seek that ye may excel to the edifying of the church. Spiritual gifts are not for self-edification, we find that with the charismatic movement and others that will speak of spiritual gifts denoting or showing that you are having some special blessing. No, they are for the purpose and spiritual power is for the purpose of the edifying of the church. Now, I can't give you any more important advice than this. If you want to stay encouraged, stay plugged into your local church and be zealous in seeing God use you mightily. Now, if you're in a church that you really don't really believe in, or you have a problem, or it's maybe not that biblical, well, you need to get into a true Bible-believing church that is moving forward scripturally, not compromising, but really standing upon the Word of God. No church is perfect. Um, all leaders have their failings. But if you sense the presence of God and God's called you to that church, God wants you, through your spiritual gifting, gifting to make a very major difference in the church. If our country has any hope at all, it's going to be churches on fire for God. Churches can change communities. You go back to the great uh, revival, Sandy Creek Revival, Shubal Stearns at the beginning of the 1800s, late 1700s, and the entire South in the next few decades was totally transformed. And as the rest of the world was being affected by the unbelief of rationalism and uh, humanism coming in and religious liberalism, the mighty Second Great Awakening coming out in the South from one church uh, changed the whole course of the events for, uh, for our country. Now, I know we see things, and they seem very far down the road, but let me just say, one church, one church that's on fire for God and can make a difference. And you need to be that person that is committed. You're not nitpicking. No church is going to be perfect. But when that church has a heart for God, you give of yourself. And I'm telling you, you get involved in seeing God work in your local church. You'll stay encouraged. You'll begin to realize why you're here on earth. And you'll begin to see God work. And if you'll pray, God will answer prayer. So it is very important for us. Uh, to realize that God's main focus today is not on the capitals of countries, but on the local church, for that is God's plan for this age. Oh, may God enable us to give of ourselves zealously to the work of God.